There's no easy exit strategy. The IPO market isn't really an option. And then on top of it, think about the economy and where it's at and how people are more cautious in their spending. You're, you're really kind of in a tight spot. Welcome to the Best New Ideas in Money, a podcast for MarketWatch. I'm Stephanie Kelton. I'm an economist and a professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University. And I'm James Rogers, a financial columnist at MarketWatch. Each week, we explore innovations in economics, finance, technology, and policy that rethink the way we live, work, spend, save, and invest. Today, we're going to start our show with the sound of a bell. That's the sound of executives from Arm Holdings, ringing the opening bell at NASDAQ a few weeks ago. It was the debut for the British chip designer following its IPO, which saw the stock open at 10% above its issue price. By the closing bell, it was up nearly 25% for its first day. It might not seem like big news that a startup had a splashy first day of trading, but it is. Well, we're kind of going through a roller coaster of sorts. During the uh, pandemic, there were a lot of IPOs. There were a lot of SPACs. It was a thriving industry. Now it's desolate. That's John Swartz. I'm a senior reporter for MarketWatch. John has been covering startups for a long time, and he says there's a big difference from what startup funding was like even before the pandemic compared to what it is now. Before the pandemic, funding was fine. It was doing fairly well on the crest of cloud computing, crypto. It's been running hot as usual. And there were a fair number of startups. I think when 2020 came around in COVID, things were inflated actually. And venture spending and deals hit historic highs. I mean, tech companies were doing more business than ever before with the public because they were all stuck at home. So we're using more technology than ever before. So subsequently, you saw record sales, earnings, market values for these companies, especially companies that are involved in consumer interaction with the public. You had a cloud, fintech and crypto were still flourishing. So things are going really gangbusters. And since then, things are not as hot as they were before, probably because a lot of these industries ran their courses. The IPO darlings around the pandemic have come crashing down to earth or the publicly traded companies that did well during that time frame. I think of Zoom, think of uh, Peloton, and those are obvious because we're not spending our days and nights hunkered down in our homes. So consequently, those uh, had some difficulties. I think also with tech, there was a kind of a land rush to cloud-based types of companies. So there are so many out there, only so many can survive or flourish. So what does funding look like for startups this year? Let's put some numbers to it. According to PitchBook, venture capital funding for startups was halved in the first half of the year. Recent data indicates that more than 400 companies haven't been able to raise new money since 2021. Last year, the U.S. IPO market fell 94.8% to $8 billion. That was a 32-year low. We've had four straight quarters of funding decline, each quarter year over year. That's going to probably happen in the next couple of quarters. And again, those numbers are high, but then you have to just kind of step back and look at the comparison again. Those numbers are lower than historic highs. So we're kind of going back. The tide is being lowered. 
John says this shift came about in part because of an environment where a lot of factors hit all at once. There was inflation, high interest rates, supply chain issues, geopolitical concerns in Ukraine and China, which have since knocked the numbers down for venture funding. Crypto has gone through the so-called crypto winter. So consequently, a lot of the smaller companies that were feasting off the funding in their early stages are now having a hard time raising money. So consequently, these same companies are now running out of money and they face a choice. Either they sell to a larger company as an exit strategy, they hope that IPOs come back in some manner, or they just cut back and cut back and try to hold on and see what happens, or they find a way to become profitable. And so all of these choices are not good options. That notion of profitability, John says it's become more important over time in tech. According to PitchBook, 95% of tech startups worth more than a billion dollars, the so-called unicorns, aren't profitable. In the tech world, it's almost the opposite of the real world. In the tech industry, you come up with an idea and then you think about how can we raise a lot of funding around this idea? How can we strike up partnerships? How can we create this momentum? And the idea of making money is almost an afterthought. See, you look back, not just at Uber, but maybe even Amazon. For years, they were plowing money into the product. They were expanding like crazy. And the idea of profitability was an afterthought. I think now, given the economic uncertainty still, that puts more pressure and more emphasis on being profitable. And I think the problem too is, especially maybe say you're a fintech company, there's so many companies in that market because it was hot at one point. Now the money isn't as easy. So how do you differentiate yourself? How do you make yourself appealing to a potential acquirer? You do that by showing you can be profitable. It's also become more difficult to get funding because some of the lenders themselves have imploded. Silicon Valley Bank, it is the 16th largest bank, or it was, in the United States. And this is really uh, the, the oxygen for technology. Well, the demise of Silicon Valley Bank didn't help, right? When that went under, there went a great conduit for startups to get money. It was a huge ecosystem, a part of the ecosystem for startups and particularly fintech companies. They went to places like that or First Republic to get their funding. And now with that out of the equation, that's one less source. And again, it's kind of creating this sense of panic within the fintech companies about what do we do? The money was so free and easy for, for quarters, if not for a couple of years. And now the spigot is shut. We still haven't turned to profit. So what do we do? It's like this coming to Jesus moment for many of them. And they're trying to figure out, do we sell? And that's not a guarantee either. I mean, if they're thinking of selling, we also are in a midst of a regulatory environment where the government's looking really closely at any deals involving large tech companies buying smaller ones. So they're going to go out of their way. And I'm talking specifically about the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and the Department of Justice. They're going to try to make it harder for larger tech companies like Amazon, Meta, Google, Microsoft to hoover up these smaller companies. So you, you're not guaranteed of a quick exit. You're kind of getting squeezed from every angle, right? You can't get the funding. You're competing with all these other companies that had funding for the same markets. There's no easy exit strategy. The IPO market isn't really an option. So if you combine all of this and then on top of it, 
think about the economy and where it's at and how people are more cautious in their spending, you're, you're really kind of in a tight spot for the foreseeable future. Coming up, funding for emerging companies has been harder to come by, unless your startup is in this sector. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to the best new ideas in money. Before the break, MarketWatch senior reporter John Swartz walked us through how a boost in funding for startups during the pandemic has been fizzling out. But John says it's not bad news for every industry. There are some areas, especially AI-related companies, which is all the, the buzzword, that is kind of given us some market momentum or it's kind of stabilized the, the venture funding markets. There are two things that companies talk about constantly over and over again, and that is their AI strategy, and they talk about their efficiency. AI is tied into that. If you have a good AI system, that makes your operation more efficient. So every company you talk to, whether it's Meta, Apple, Google, or the smallest startup, during their earnings call or otherwise, they mention to you how AI is not only going to lead to more enterprise sales among large customers, but it's actually helped the company um, become more efficient how it's run, so they don't need as many people, in other words. Excitement about AI isn't just coming from companies, though. It's also coming from investors. AI funding accounted for about 18% of global funding in the first half of 2023, and it's a higher proportion of the total funding. It's growing faster than the other segments. There are going to be more big AI investments, and they're looking into $60 billion quarters around AI funding, which sounds phenomenal. John says though AI is a burgeoning industry, the gold rush for it is nothing new for tech. In fact, he calls it inevitable. There's nothing subtle about the tech roller coaster, right? We go through these incredible boom cycles where companies overhire, they buy too many other companies or assets, they have these grand, grand ambitions. And then something comes along every several years that knocks people off their pedestals. And you have a number of companies that go extinct and you hear about the extinction cycle. And then there are those who kind of weather that storm and then emerge either as part of a larger company or they reinvent themselves. Uber reinvented itself. A lot of these companies did. They started off as one thing and ended up quite another. So it's kind of a survival of the fittest. I know that's a cliche, but it really is true. And I think we're probably at that stage now where companies are trying to scrape by until the next big boom comes along. And that is coming. I mean, it is AI. For now, it's just limited to certain companies, the companies that have the head start. But it will become more and more of a factor. In fact, John Chambers, who used to be the CEO of Cisco, has said that if you combine what happened with cloud, the internet, social media, 
it wouldn't be as big as what AI will be because it's going to affect all those markets and all those markets in a sense have all been inevitably headed in the direction of AI and that's good and bad it's good if you're not affected by it in terms of your job or in terms of your education or your interaction with people but the ones you're going to benefit from that are going to benefit enormously Still, the shadow of just how far funding has fallen may be hard to shake off entirely. As we mentioned earlier, last year was the worst for the IPO market in more than 30 years. And remember, nearly 95% of all tech startups worth more than a billion dollars aren't able to generate a profit at all. Could the so-called unicorns go extinct? Unicorn used to be a, an achievement or something or a novelty until I started hearing about Decacorns, right? Like the $10 billion companies. It's all part of like this kind of hype machine that goes on all around us. We just buy into this notion that these companies are unique and special, but there are plenty of them. And they're often vying for the same markets and competing with one another. So among those, there's only, you know, one company that survives or surfaces. And we never hear about the other ones. That's why it's so hard to kind of put your finger on the companies that we didn't really notice or didn't acknowledge because they never kind of reached that threshold or gained the traction they needed to break through. Which brings us back to Arm, the company that went public a few weeks ago to a splashy first day. It was followed by two more buzzy tech IPOs just last week, digital marketing company Clavio and the pandemic favourite grocery delivery app Instacart. But the sudden upswing in IPOs offered mixed results. Both Clavio and Instacart had gains after opening, but didn't hold on to them throughout the day. And Arm hasn't sustained its first day pop. Last week, it actually shed $8 billion in market value in three days. Which brings us to the same question many have been asking about startups this year. What does the future of both funding and going public look like? What will probably happen is we will see a gold rush of AI companies in every conceivable type of vertical markets. And there will be those who are either breakthrough with funding or we might even see a big IPO. Who knows? Maybe it's too early to say that. Probably like in every other land rush in tech, there are those who are the, the small group of winners and then everyone else. And everyone else has to figure out what are they going to do? Are they going to become part of something bigger or are they um, going to call it quits? Are they going to pivot to something else? It's just basically you have to read tea leaves, right? You have to see where things are going and then invest accordingly. And that's so much easier said than done. I mean, there's this whole history in tech where companies missed out on markets. Microsoft, they thought the iPhone was going to be a flop. They consequently were late on the smartphone. Same thing with Meta and the internet. They didn't quite understand with wireless and mobile where, where things were going. They caught up. They have the resources to make up for mistakes, but smaller companies don't. So in AI, I'm sure it's going to be the same thing. But when it comes to tech companies, John says one thing's for sure. We love the underdog. Somebody who comes around and upturns the entire industry. And I think there are so many examples littered throughout tech history of that happening. I mean, you can go back even to the 1984 commercial that Apple pushed when it took on Big Brother, which was basically IBM and 
to a lesser extent, Microsoft. We had companies like Google, which was created as a kind of the alternative to Microsoft. Those are refreshing. I mean, people like something that was new and they like new faces. I think what's happened is we've reached a point where there's such a disparity in terms of revenue distribution, income distribution, income inequality, that there are just a few ultra, ultra rich folks at the very top, and many of them from tech, who are just gobbling up a lot of these smaller industries or killing them off. And I think there is like this thirst or a hunger for some of those companies that are really small bootstrap companies to kind of break through and take on the Goliaths. It would be refreshing or be even nice if we could see a company break through with unknowns. I think that's what Silicon Valley and tech in general really need. We really need some companies to come out of nowhere because one of the reasons big tech is so frowned upon is you have the same companies dominating every market. And consequently, these are the same companies that are always under scrutiny from regulators, it would be nice to see like an underdog break through. But then again, this whole market is so much bigger. There's so much more money involved that it's harder to break through than it ever has been before. Thanks for listening to the best new ideas in money. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating or review. And if you have ideas for future episodes, drop us a line at bestnewideasinmoney at marketwatch.com. Thanks to John Swartz. To learn more about the latest in startups, head to marketwatch.com. I'm Stephanie Kelton. And I'm James Rogers. The Best New Ideas in Money is a podcast from MarketWatch. The producers are Meta Lutzhoft and Katie Ferguson, who also mixed this episode. Melissa Haggerty is the executive producer. Steve Kutz was our newsroom editor on this episode. The Best New Ideas in Money theme was composed by Sam Retzer. Stephanie Kelton is an economist and a professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University and not part of the MarketWatch newsroom. We'll be back next week with another new idea.